If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to the Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Brother, we right back at it, hitting the same topic, but for a special Whose land reason. is it anyway? Part two? Or Part two, two or extended, or, yeah. extended, extra change, <laughs> spare change, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, we definitely had to address this um, or um, unpack, unpack it further because we got feedback um, from a listener. A little bit of criticism on uh, some things that we missed. Straight, and so, straight into the inbox, sixcentsreport at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 it was like a it was a well written, well thought out um, response. And so, you know, of course, of course, you know, we can we me and you, Joel, we could do it and just read off his points and assume what he was going to say. But we figured we'd bring the guy on to um, unpack his ideas. So. Uh, Joseph, Joseph, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Hi, Darnell. Hi, uh, Joel. What's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, welcome, welcome. Um, so, um, this is a first uh, where 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 we've brought a six center on to uh, give us their two cents, and 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 your response was really good, and and it gave us some other things to think about, and. Uh, spots where we missed. But before uh, we get into that, uh, do you want to tell the audience a bit about yourself? Okay, yeah, I could definitely uh, do that. Yeah, like how you know Darnell? <laughs> uh, we went to the same school, right? We did our undergrad together uh, in twenty nine. Uh, yeah, 2015 to 2019. Uh-huh. Um, that was pretty cool. Yeah, we were both history majors. Uh, we took a couple classes together. Yeah, I just finished in 2019 at uh, work, so I wasn't uh, able to always listen to all the shows that you guys have been uh, producing, but I was like, man, I'm kind of bored. What do I got to do? Well, let me listen to some Sixth Sense reports. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm scrolling through the list and I see, oh, native stuff. Okay, I like this stuff because I, I actually really love this issue. I think it's amazing. And I, I was really happy you guys were, uh, the way you introduced the last podcast, you were mentioning that like, hey, this is the issue that, we just don't want to talk about it, right? And I think it's really cool that you guys are talking about that. Uh, yeah, as I said, I'm a Joseph or Alex, whichever one you want to call me. I grew up in Austria. I came here as an immigrant. I lived in various parts of Scarborough, Markham, Pickering, Georgina, York region. I'm a pretty cultured person. And uh, uh, yeah, I practice the Christian faith. And I love my faith. And uh, I'm happy to be on this show. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. So welcome. So, okay. So for the listeners, uh, so four of uh, Joseph's issues were, uh, one of the issues was uh, the major issue being uh, interpretation of legally signed documents versus uh, property rights. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about uh, his issue with how Joel used the term Christian as a status. And then he talked, another one of uh, Joseph's points was uh, indigenous self-government. And then is the pers- and then his last point was, is the pursuit of property uh, sinful? And so um, we'll get to unpack those. And for those of you who are listening now and didn't listen to the previous episode, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I would say probably pause this, go back, listen. It probably will contextualize some of the conversation. Yeah, yes, yes. So, so listen, listen to episode ninety-eight, and then come back to this one. And yeah, uh, so so let's get into it. So, uh, Joseph, uh, y- your first point you were talking about um, the issue not being when it comes to property rights. It's not necessarily property rights, but it's interpretation of documents. You, you want to expound on that? Yeah, I I could definitely do that. Um, with, with I know you guys were talking about the the property uh, rights in the in the previous uh, podcast in the previous episode, and, and uh, yeah, and I understand where you guys were coming from, but also we have to like I mentioned one of the books that I read, Donald Smith, Peter Jones, and some of these historians who studied like the uh, the natives uh, uh, issues. Some of these land giveaways they were 
they were signed away, right? They were, they were by 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 legal um, by legal documents. And I think what we also got to address is is not just the idea of property rights, but our understanding is what's actually being signed. So I think this un, uh, also defining what 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 is actually being given away. So. Uh, in our understanding in our Western culture is like, it's not official until it's actually signed. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's very important. And, I, and, and going back and actually seeing what was actually given away, I think that's a great place to also start before we even get into the whole idea of property rights, see how we actually define property at that current time. Like what was the British interpretation of property? What was the native interpretation of property? Because I think that's where the initial confusion started and if we could start there that would be probably help the discussion and also um it, it uh, uh expanded more that's where i was kind of getting that with that point yeah i think it's i think it's a really interesting like it's an interesting aspect of it um my first take would or first one of the first sort of i don't want to say negative or counter thoughts but like I think it's good to understand the the scenario that occurred i don't know that it helps us resolve where we are today because the reason I say that is, let's just say that they got a raw deal. They totally ripped them off. Arguably, like Darnell was sort of making the point that like, oh, well, we're going to use the land more productively. And the reason why I say it doesn't help resolve today is because I think too much of the conversation could move to, well, they took this land and they turned it into this and it now has this value. But it sort of removes the idea that like, it's the fact that a different group of people owned the land that it's now potential. That's potentially the reason it's so valuable. It's not because the land itself inherently had the value. So again, I'm not, I'm not discrediting anything you're saying. I think it is valuable. I think that it, if we try to pull that forward, we have problems in terms of trying to resolve today's problem. Yeah. I would ask you, Joseph, would you say that like the, the natives were ripped off? Do you, would you say like, like they didn't know what they were getting into? Would you argue that? I uh like from what I have read like again I'm using I'm using that Donald Smith biography yeah, I was I, I was telling you guys like fr from the way he interpreted and the way that I understand the book is that I don't think the British were come like in that one scenario that that happened in the 18 after the war of 1812 the British came and said hey your 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 people are going to get wiped out anyway like there's alcohol issues and uh there's a lot of people coming in from the from the states into your area why not work with us and and we'll provide you water and we'll provide you like that's why I kind of want to go back and well I'm, mm -hmm. I want to go back and see what was actually written on those papers like what was the British side of that and that in those clauses because from my understanding they were supposed to give them water supposed to give them food they were going to have plentiful of uh, resources for a long time and I don't think that's a bad deal for the natives but I don't think we're upholding our end of our of our mm -hmm. of our of, of the clauses and i think that's why going back and seeing what was actually signed i want to see that too i want to see what was actually in those clauses because you know we're students of history we love history basically history was just reading what the treaties were reading what these clauses were in the treaties and how we interpret that that's what i was trying to get at with that with that point and was it a bad deal i i i think in some sense we could definitely argue that uh, it was but i think for some it was also a good deal too i think uh, there's still natives around. I think much of that part of that reason was because that uh, it did, they did. We still managed to uh, for the race to survive. I guess in that sense. I hope that makes sense. Uh, I think I think that's actually like now that you clarified it a little bit better. I think um, we didn't really get into this in the show, but I would say contract rights and property rights go very well hand in hand. Mm, um, and there. so you know the idea that you're getting into what were the terms and conditions, i.e., what was the contract, I think is a very valid point. And then saying who violated the contract, um, mm. and, and or did someone violate the contract? Did they not up, uphold the end, their end of the deal? Consequently, what would we normally do? Well, I mean, let's say arbitration or something along those lines where you would value, okay, how do you make that person whole for not upholding your end of the deal? I think, yeah. I think that's a fair, that is a way to some extent pull it forward. Um, but it's, it's, you know, let's say they violated the deal in 1850. How do you even try to, to rectify that 150 years later? Yeah, no, 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 no I, I agree with you, Joel. And, and from what I've studied is that like, 
for the Robinson Treaty of 1850, there were numerous negotiations, renegotiations going on and that there were like uh, 20 chiefs um, present at the time to do the negotiations um, for this treaty. So it kind of insinuates like, okay, well, there were terms that were presented and the natives didn't take the first offer they got and they were arguing for other things and it was going back and forth. And so even then prior, prior to 1850, you know, indigenous people had dealings with, this isn't the first time dealing with, 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 with um, the British. And so we have to look at all treaty negotiations as independent and not group them all together. And so like, even when you think about like a contract, like, you know, especially if, if you've done like, a contract with somebody, whether as a photographer or podcast and whatever the case may be, there's always these little loopholes or things that are not said clearly or a little term or phrase left out that can leave things open to interpretation. And sometimes we think that, you know, these documents are perfectly written and, you know, both parties had their lawyers there to go through with a fine tooth comb. (laughs) You know what I mean? And even if they do, this is why like really, really smart people with contracts add arbitration because arbitration is a way to avoid the worst option, which is the government court system. Arbitration essentially is private court system. You're going to have, you know, independent people review the terms. And then when there's a dispute over the contract, and let's live for argument's sake in terms of what Darnell's saying. The dispute is something that the contract sort of vaguely refers to or doesn't explicitly address. And so let's use COVID as a really good example. Hey, COVID says the government has to shut down my company. I can't fulfill my contract to you. You know, um, having an arbitrator look at that to go, okay, uh, neither one of you is in, you know, you essentially, maybe the resolution is we put the contract on hold until the government gets out of the way again. Right. Mm-hmm. But these are things that like, my point to say that is exactly what you're talking about is addressed by bringing arbitration into the contract because it's it's almost inevitable there's going to be a either a dispute or something that you didn't address that comes up and has to be you know the contract doesn't quite uh, resolve that problem. Mm-hmm. I I think part of the issue is 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 when you look at um, the Indian Act and when you look at like like technically 1850 this is before a confederation. Right. So even like when you look at jurisdictions changing. Right. And now you're like, OK, wait a minute. So are are we still going to honor this contract? And and like the last point I left went on last episode um, with my two cents. And I said, you know what? At the end of the day, like treaties are um, covenants and they are bound by your word. Right. And, you know, and, you know, your word is your bond. But the problem is the government isn't a person. Mm-hmm. government's not a it's not, it's not a person it's it's an institution and you know one day you know you're you're doing contract negotiations with joel and then the next day joel's fired and then you know joe now you're dealing <laughs> with joseph <laughs> that's true right yeah. so now you're just like oh wait joseph aren't you gonna honor what i did with joel you're like nah that that was with joel like this is you know i have my own agenda politically so well, this is to some where extent, it gets dicey. that's the value of let's say an institution or a corporation because if that person is, let's call it an officer, then what you did do with them perpetuates beyond that individual. But anyways, it's a bit of a sidebar, but but your point's still valid. I just want to like, just, but just comment on like, I know we try to bring it in like today, like see how we can address that today. But we also got to make sure that we're aware, like I'm just using the Mississauga Indians. When that's, when those contracts were signed, the British interpret that, that, hey, they gave away the land. And I know in history, we can't go back. Like, you, you, we can't mm-hmm. just, like, Mississauga is Mississauga now. Like, we, we, like, we it, can't we, rewind it, 200 years. It, it, that's, that's what I'm saying. At that moment, I think, like, it was, that's it, kind of like, that's what, how we interpret that contract. And I think it's important to have that, have that perspective, like how you are, you guys were mentioning the proper rights, but also put that in there. Hey, property comes with these contracts. And I think, um, when we read these, yeah, as you guys were saying, like, Hey, um, that, that's what it says on paper. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was it the best? Was it, was it the worst? I don't know. Um, 
it's that's a tough tough i think um darnell i think darnell you said it or darnell said or maybe it was in your email the the point about like the other side of like was this the like did both sides interpret the contract the same way is sort of what what i thought was a, a sort of an interesting perspective because arguably they could have been like can they speak the language well enough to read it properly to understand like i'm assuming there's a language barrier that they're also negotiating through and and i mean maybe not but no but, yeah no i i wouldn't i, I, mean, I wouldn't just, necessarily say that well but i but the reason i say language barrier just think about like the duplicity of terms right like some terms have multiple meanings and are you using one meaning of the word versus the other one and understanding the other meaning of the word? Yeah, well, and, like and, I said, and, and that, that's why I brought up the example of 1850 mm-hmm. because you had 20 chiefs and uh, numerous renegotiations. So if I say, you know, give me X, no, I'm not going to give you X, give me B. If you give me B, I'll give you X and going back and forth. And so I guess the question is this, and this goes to you, Joseph, as well. I already know what Joel's going to say, but, and to the listener, and this is a good question to ask, you know, is trade always mutually beneficial? Uh, so, I mean, uh, assuming non-coercion. Yeah, non-coercion. <laughs> non-coercion. Know, so, so non-coercion and, um, you know, I wouldn't even have to say properly understood, but to some extent I wanted to go there, but not really because assuming, like the idea between trade is if I agree to something voluntarily, that means that I value the thing I'm receiving more than the thing I'm giving up. And the person on the other side, the same way. They value the thing they're receiving more than the thing you're giving up. Whether that's $10 that I gave to the guy to buy lotto scratch tickets, right? Like I value the lotto scratch ticket more than my 10 bucks. And he values my 10 bucks more than the lotto scratch ticket. We are both, both we both are consider ourselves better off after the trade. So in that sense, yes, mutually beneficial. Now, the counter argument might be, well, it wasn't equally mutually beneficial. And I would say, so what? Why does it have to be equally mutually beneficial? That's a different, that's actually something totally different than than your question. And I don't think it's, uh, um, I don't think it's relevant to, to answering the question. But anyways. What would you say, Joseph? Is trade mutually beneficial? Trade, like just in general, in the broad, like if I give you broad. X and you give me Y. Yeah. Now, mind you, now let's say the trade we do, like, um, for example, let's 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 talk about um, X Men cards, right? <laughs> okay. Right. What about Yu Gi Oh cards? No, no, I'm I'm too old for Yu Gi Oh, man. I'm too old for Yu Gi Oh. But uh, let's go with the X Men, right? So. You know, um, you have a Wolverine, and and I got who, who's a nobody X Men. Oh, nobody. Who's a nobody? Like, how, how, I wanted a Magneto card though. Okay, 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 okay. So let's so so let's say you got a. Um, I have a Magneto, and 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 um and, and you got a Jubilee. <laughs> Jubilee. I don't even know who that is. How no, about the no, professor? The I want the professor. No, no, no but see, <laughs> no, but okay, but see, but see, but yeah, point. right. But but Jubilee, yeah, you have to Google that. Jubilee, the, Jubilee just you know shoots sparkles. That's about okay. it. I don't know. She okay. just shoots sparkles. All just right. like a teenage girl. <laughs> I'm gonna try to get rid of this card very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's his point. But right. So 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 you have a Jubilee and I got a Magneto. And so, you know, I really want that jubilee whatever for whatever reason to complete my collection and means a lot to me i think she's hot whatever <laughs> and your the magneto you're going to get from me will be worth a lot of money because you don't care about the collection you care about making money off of it in the future right and so we make that trade now of course now once we do the trade um you know no trade back stamp it can stamp it no black magic no white magic no calling the other guy's mom no, no yeah yeah no 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 trade backs play keepsies long time listeners will remember that reference for yeah them now, yeah, but- yeah 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 keepsies all that stamp it can and stepping stuff um and so we do the trade now essentially i got what i want you got what you want but technically in the long run who's the winner out of that trade you are because you got not just that you got the magneto, but the magneto will be worth money in the future, and in the long run, you are able to buy all this great stuff. And I just got this jubilee that's not worth anything. The point is that I made a conscious decision to do the trade, 
and I got what I wanted at the time and you got what you wanted at the time. And you can, both of you considered what you were receiving more valuable than what you gave up. I agree. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Now, I, I agree. Uh, and like, if we refer, if you bring it back to like the native, mm-hmm. the natives are still here, right? Like they didn't get wiped out. Like I, I remember I, I was messaging well, relatively, you. Relatively, relatively. Yeah. I'm just saying like, it yeah. could have been a lot worse. Like Sir John, one of the acts for Johnny McDonald was, it was literally to wipe out the Indian race. You cannot own land, 50 acres, if you don't give up your old cultures and old customs. Or Andrew Jackson, like literally trying to get rid of them so they can make more land for immigrants. I, they're still here, and I'm very happy for that. Then we should be happy for that. Was it a good deal for them? I, I, I man, I would not have given away all the stuff that they have given away in hindsight. Like, but, but yeah, but but what what option would you have had? Well, no, I was in the corner. I needed to get rid of the card because I my people oh, were going to. Pa- oh, yeah. oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I thought you talked about land. Sorry. No, 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 but in the land and the card, the same thing. Like, I, I need. I think at that moment they needed to get that. I needed to give it away, yes. but I needed uh-huh. to give it away because I needed to make sure that um, we at that moment, it was good for me. At that card, you gave me the, I gave you the Magneto mm-hmm. or, um, and I got the Jubilee and yeah, it sounds very pretty right now. Nice land. And, but then um, at the end of the day, uh, all I got was food and water and a little bit of uh, land or a little mm-hmm. bit of hunting and, and, and I'm still here. Right. So I, was it a was it a one sided deal? I don't think because I, I don't think it was because they're still here. Like they still have uh, their people and, uh, but yeah, the British at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that yeah, they got the the better end of the stick, as you would say. Yeah, well, and I think I think we sort of also the way this conversation we we're getting through it, we also I hope for the listener they realize trying to look back and and evaluate a deal from today's perspective is is arguably not even uh, something of substance like it doesn't it doesn't help you evaluate what went went on because to as we've sort of pointed out you know if they hadn't have made the deal maybe you know uh the the americans yeah, in for the sure. south would have wiped sure. them out yeah. or, or you know what I, like you know so the the if if that happened we would all say well then they they should have made the deal and if they'd made the deal it would, they would have been better off Right. And so, you know, the, the, you know, so again, I sort of made this on the, the last episode. Someone could counter and say, well, maybe they should have never tried to colonize. But, you know, Darnell, I think you had a really good point where, like, that's easy to say in today's world where we don't, we're not living on a sense of survival. Whereas back then, that there was very, still a cultural or, or societal sense of like, I have to survive. My people need to survive. I need to, you know, why did they leave Europe to come to North America? For the most part, it was to some extent survival and avoiding oppression. Mm-hmm. And and I would also add like, you know, as, as historians, we don't want to presentize the past or uh, as uh, John Piper says, you know, we don't want to um, do any uh, chronological snobbery where, okay, well, if I was back then, you know, I would have started a social justice movement and indigenous lives matter, and we would have no. It, that's not that's not what happened. And not to get off on a sidebar, but even even like your morality, you have to think about okay, well, what we consider moral today is only based on what the majority says, and it's the same thing back then. The what's considered right and wrong back then is what the majority thinks. So if you're if you're definition of what's right and wrong now is based on what's cool and trending then most likely back then you would be that person doing the oppressing because that was considered cool right but um but to go to move on to the next point uh you you had a question for joel joseph yes oh you want me to ask the question yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay yeah well, why ask because i well, one of the parts you guys were talking about the status and non-status and then you were mentioning how you as a uh as a black individual, you always felt like you were not good enough, but you but you felt like you had that status on you of being black. And then uh, you asked Joel a question. Well, Joel said he, he put himself in maybe a box of a hockey player and a Christian. And just with all the stuff that's going on today, uh, right? Like I read articles, white supremacy is probably the hottest word in the English book right now, or white supremacist Christianity 
So when we say we're Christians, I think maybe it would be good to unbox that, right? Like I, I always ask people that they're like, oh, I'm just like, what do you mean by that? What's that word mean? So that was kind of what I wanted to ask Joel. Uh, like, what does he mean? Like, what does he, what does he mean when he puts himself in that box or feels like a Christian? Yeah. And, and I mean, um, you know, just to one sort of expand where, why I was using that was I was trying to draw parallels, right? Like for Darnell to say, you know, identify as black. I was trying to say, like, for me, I, I would almost say, like, one, I never, I never, like, identified as white. I didn't identify as, you know, I, I mean, I always joked as a kid, like, my culture, like, I'm a European mutt. Like, <laughs> I have, like, eight grandparents, and they're all from, like, different countries. Or great-grandparents, maybe. Eight. Yeah. Eight great-grandparents. And they were all, like, I think two of them, totally unrelated on opposite sides, are from the same country. So, I say all that to say, like, I was, I was sort of saying, if I'm trying to see what was similar with how I would identify, whereas Darnell would say I identified as black... I, like I didn't, I didn't have anything that I could sort of even think was similar. So the next, I sort of thought, okay, Christianity and hockey player was probably like the next closest thing where I sort of would categorize myself there. So the and and going to you know when I say Christian, you know, it's funny is I I don't like any of the labels. So for our you know super Christian. Um, or like, you know, uh, theological audience, you know, even stuff like reformed. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, you know, I, I would say like, I don't call myself a Calvinist. I don't call myself reformed. I don't call myself Pentecostal. I don't call myself charismatic. I I'm like, for a while, I think I used the term biblicist because I was like, whatever the Bible says, then that, that's pretty much my approach. You give me any issue. I don't care if what, what John MacArthur's opinion is. I don't care what, you know, uh, Joel Olstein's opinion is. I compare, I value what the basis of any given opinion is and I test it against the word. And so, you know, for me, when I look back to, you know, let's say early America and you've got Christians justifying slavery, I would go, well, compared to the word, you're an idiot. And you're not right? a Christian. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. And you're not, well, pretend, you know, th that's a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. God, right? yeah. <laughs> um, because Christians can still be deceived. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, and where, you know, how does God sanctify us? Well, he doesn't sanctify all our sins at once. So yeah. Anyways, I, I leave it that, you know, for me, you know, I think it's, I, I, I would, when I use the term Christian on the show, uh, I would say I'm very intentional about using it in a broad sense because, you know, New Testament says neither Greek nor Jew nor male or female in the sense that like anyone can come to the, you know, come to the Lord. There's no, there's no immutable characteristic that would prevent you from coming to Christ. And, and as a, well, that means there's no immutable characteristic preventing you from joining any given church from a biblical sense. The only prevention would be human sense. And so that's why I would use a, you know, generic reference to Christianity or Christian perspective, because I'm trying to sort of set the stage that if you bring up an issue, I can say, okay, well, based on the Bible, how do we evaluate whether you're right or wrong? So I don't know if that encompasses totally. Is there any other follow up to that? No, that, that, that makes sense. I, I just, I just want like, uh, like just people to hear, like, you know, and also to understand, like when people say Christians, and I know what you're saying that, cause I know, uh, I know who Darnell is. I know Darnell <laughs> hangs out with uh, rational uh, Christians and, and, and who, have a, who have a really good heart. Like we're not out here saying Christians is only for white people or uh, we'll condemn that. Like if we read a text, like I think you and I will both read that if, if we're justifying slavery and you're a Christian and you say slavery is okay or slave or Christian is only for the white race, <laughs> we're going to be like, no, you're an idiot, right? Like we're going to be like, you're a moron, right? <laughs> you know, we're all going to agree on that. And I just want people to hear that and i want to hear that like i want to hear that from white christians whenever we can right i, th I think darnell you would agree right i think that's something that is important to you too right like yeah and and i think i don't know and, and maybe this is some pushback to joel um because I'm, I'm sure some of our um um colored um not, i don't necessarily mean black people but uh colored listeners would be listening and they'd probably be like well you know maybe joel they'll say you know joel you're you're missing the point about being a hockey guy or a Christian guy or not seeing yourself as, as a, as a color, but like the color of our skin, you know, 
and now I don't believe this, but in general, this is how most people feel. And I felt this way and not anymore necessarily, but, um, but a lot of times people feel like, okay, well, because of the color of my skin determines my status. So the question of status Indians and non-status Indians is that your status is something that I would almost go as far as to say is sacred. It's sacred in that um, God has, has given it to you. God has made you this way. And so because of your um, skin color, you're treated a certain way and, and you are given a particular political status or a social status. So when the government recognizes your status, he's lifting up. He's The government is lifting up your ethnicity and your status for the, for the indigenous people. So that's why I'm sure people take the status from government where they say, okay, look, I need you to acknowledge my ethnicity as First Nations. And so now that you've acknowledged it and the mistreatment of historically of my people, um, I need you to to create restitution by uh, giving me some assistance socially to raise my status. And so, yeah, for a lot of people, you know, yeah. And I'm not saying, Joel, I'm not saying, you know, you know, your status as a Christian is not sacred or, um, you know, or even hockey person is sacred. But but for some people who are um, who are colored, that's something you can't escape. And so because of your status determines where you are socially. So this is why most people opt for stat, be a, a status Indian responding to my question in, in the last episode. Well, and, and I think, you know, my the heart behind why I was trying to draw that parallel was actually to sort of say, I can't even comprehend what that means. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like I never had anything that I would even put in the same category. Right. And so I'm drawing a parallel to something I know mm-hmm. is different, but it's the closest yeah. thing that I can. Mm-hmm. Right. Good, and Joel. so, um, you know, th- this is where, you know, I have a problem with, let's, I know it's a bit of a sidebar, but this is why I have a problem with the term white privilege. Because, it, it sort of puts the box around a particular type of ignorance, right? So I know that I'm ignorant to your life experiences, but you're also ignorant to my life experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And so white privilege sort of elevates everybody who's, or, or you know, in essence, actually demotes a certain type of ignorance to being immoral or bad or, or demonized, whereas if you have, you know, non or if you don't have white privilege, you're now sort of elevated. And I would argue you potentially lead to prideful ignorance of the fact that you're now ignorant of the like the per- when you're in a conversation. Right. If you're not willing to recognize that person might have a difficulty understanding where I came from at the same time, I have a difficulty understanding where they came from. And only one side is doing that. You're hindering the conversation. And, and so I was just, you know, sort of trying to be real that like, I can't, and I said it um, when we did our, uh, is BLM sin episode where I, I had a similar statement where like, I was like, you know, when I was, I was talking about the cultural people say like, because they were in America, they've lost their cult because they were slaves. They, their, their family lineage, they've lost, you know, where they've come from and the culture. And I made a similar statement. Like, I don't know what that means because I don't, I don't even, so like, I don't go, like I said earlier, I have like eight grandparents from different countries. Like I don't have any country that I'm, or culture or family sort of heritage where I'm like, oh, I, I, you know, if I I have something or I can look back to. So my point was like in the past, I've made a similar statement where I'm trying to be like, I, I can't, it's almost like I'm saying I can't empathize with you because I don't know what it is or I can't sympathize. I don't know what the right word there, but. If I just wanted to add, just add, but like, okay, so one thing what they, what um, people who use those terms, what they say is like, it's like maybe like for a white person, try not to personalize it and just look at it more. This is where I'm, I'm trying to read on it. What, what, what's the systemic race? Like what, what are they trying to mean by that? And what I have, what I, how I have interpreted what they were saying is it's, it's not that they're saying that every personalized like me being white and me having a privilege it's just looking at it from a systemic view from from an institutional kind of view and and look at the let's look at the ceos of top 30 companies or let's look at these trade deals do we think this deal with the natives would have been better if the head negotiator on the bitter side was native american because 
is there some does it like would it have changed would it have been a more fairer or more understanding like that's kind of what they're saying is like maybe have a little bit more diversity in, in there because it can help like that's what kind of what they're trying to get at right do you get what i yeah. mean by that by, by that Joel? what they're trying to get at well and, and this is where we had an episode uh teachers like us on our podcast and i was arguing one of the things i started with before we sort of got into an argument i said like i will agree with so much of what you're saying but i have a problem with the terms because the terms start to like white privilege start to box the the conversation in in a particular way so do i think you know i I, so to counter your point diversity of thought is more important than diversity of skin color Right. So the CEOs or the trade deal, having, um, if you're making a trade deal as a country, having a diverse group of people who represent the diversity of your country in terms of thinking. And, and the reason I use thinking, because someone with a very different cultural, you know, some cultures value family more, some value other things more. And so having diversity of thought is I would argue how you encompass all of these things. But if you do diversity of color or skin color or race or gender, you're actually potentially excluding because you don't have the diversity of thought as your primary goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's funny that, you know, you talk about like diversity of thought and you brought up Joseph about like uh, Jody Wilson Raybould mm-hmm. and, and, yes, and, and the SNC level and scandal. And she, she, she is of, um, an indigenous background and you talked about her um being the first native head eter- attorney and she argued attorney general, attorney general I think. Yeah. and and she and she argued for self-government um you want to unpack that idea a little bit more yeah like when i was trying to get at like i feel like because she is from that uh, uh culture and she understands that i actually want to listen more to her I'm going to use another reason why I love, I, I, I do think race is important. Let's see an example. Uh, I think Darnell, you know, Thomas Sowell, he's Af- like African-American. So when he actually comments on African-American issues, it's just so much more powerful because I feel like he knows them more. Like he, he's part of that culture. So when I hear, when I read um, uh, parts, not all of it, I read parts of it, Jody Wilson's uh, uh, Raybould book. I'm just like, okay, what's going on? Like, I'm so curious to see you. Cause right, it was a hot topic that time. So, you know, uh, the marketing suckered me, right? Her book was right there. Oh yeah, that's the one who got fired. So good marketing on uh, Indigo. <laughs> but, because uh, <laughs> her name was always in the news. Yeah, and I had yeah. no idea who she was before, yeah. right? All I see is Jody Wilson Raybould every day on that news, mm-hmm. right? So I got her book. And what the key point, what I really, and I found it very fascinating is basically if I could just summarize yeah, her ahead, thesis is like, you need to, um, I have, I have her, I have a quote uh, from her. You guys it's, yeah, you yeah, want me to course, read it? Course, is that okay? Think. Okay. So uh, the key part from her book is just like, okay, while we must and will address the social issues now, education, child welfare, and health, and consider the immediate needs with respect to closing the financial gap. In truth, the social and economic gaps will never be fully closed until the foundational work of nation, she capitalizes nation, so N, meaning like actually as a nation, rebuilding has been completed, the Indian Act gone, until indigenous people are making decisions for themselves and until indigenous people are making decisions for themselves unless oh, no, i repeated that sorry and until the role of the federal government has been tr- transformed from one of design designing and administrating programs and services for indigenous people into one that supports self-governing indigenous nations in a genuine nation to nation relationships in essence what she's saying is that it's 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 a very bold point like it, uh, it, it what 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 she's saying uh, if i could just summarize is she wants the natives to get their land back but each land that they have is a separate nation like a separate country inside of canada with its own laws its own self-government its own system of doing things while also having a relationship with uh with canada it, it whoa that's that's the way i interpret that that's the way. no and that's fine no that's fine I, no i'm i'm saying you interpret it correctly I, see I, I don't know th- that i got some reservation i have some reservations I would say it, it's literally a, 
a self-government type yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah, sorry, continue. No, and I would say that is actually mostly what I'm referring to when I when we were on the last show and I said, let's try, you know, unique scenarios. And and really, I'm what I want to see is a self-government. Now, the dilemma is do you make them an, their own nation? Well, then what happens? You know, that's a bit of a, a squirrely one. How does that play out? Quebec, Quebec. Whoa. Right away, I, I, I wrote down Quebec. <laughs> Quebec is praying for that to happen. Because <laughs> yeah. as soon as the Supreme Court says, oh yeah, nations, you can have your own land. Oh my gosh, the can of worms, no, the Quebec is... <laughs> oh, it, 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 and 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 I'm actually kind of curious. I hope this kind of happens because I just think it's just going to open. It's just going to explode. But sorry, I know you. I, I did agree with what you were saying, uh, Joel. I just put that comment in it just to further improve and to further point on what you were saying, but also from a Native American mm-hmm. woman. That's how I kind of wanted to put that in. No, there. no, it's and it's great. Like because I think um, the lack of property rights, you know, and I said it on the show. I've said it a bunch of times. Like really, we're talking about socialist experiments. And, and really they're failing. You know, there's no doubt about it. What What's happening right now is failing. So, um, you know, as you know, you've laid out, as we've talked about, like doing it with one, tri- you know, tribe or one, one group is, you know, a way to say, hey, is this a productive way to do it? Does that mean you make them part of Canada as opposed to their own nation? I would say, you know, the one counterpoint that I wanted to bring up way earlier was, the Indian Act is also about regulating Indians. It's giving the government control. So even when we talk about self-governance, the government doesn't want to give up the control. They might be willing to give you the property rights, but now they're going to tax you. Right? They 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 they're not going to want to give up their, you know, control and influence. That's sort of antithetical to what the government is. So I th- again, that goes back to sort of my point about like, let's try things because I don't sort of, I, I, I don't know. I don't see how they would ever get that to pass. <laughs> like being their own nation, just splitting off and taking their own land. It, it To me, it just seems highly unlikely that the you know federal government would ever let that happen. Just like they didn't let Quebec try to do the same thing, right? They got close though. It was close. Well, and, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was closer than I remember. I mean, I remember it talked about a lot, but I don't know that it was really that close. It was like 1%, Joel. Uh, Joel. It was like, a, like, I think half a percent almost went to, I think it was 50.5 in one referendum to 49.5 or something there like well, that. It was like a 1% was like, margin. That's within Quebec, right? Like, you yes, still, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that, that that's true. like phase one. <laughs> Even if they had the referendum, yeah, that's true. Right. Out, now you <laughs> yeah, actually yeah, that's have true. to do it. That's right? true. So. That is true. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Joseph, the pushback I would give on um, Jody Wilson Raybould uh, Wilson yep. Raybould's uh, uh, comment is that um, when we look at the definition of self governance. I'm assuming we're talking about sovereignty. Yeah, that's that's her big point in the book. She need they need their own land. Yeah, what does sovereignty mean? Sovereignty means to rule without outside interference. So how can you rule without outside interference when you're asking for outside support? Uh, like um, Shobaraka said, you know, we, we're happy to preach resistance, then turn around and ask for Pharaoh's assistance. And, and in the Indian Act, under the legal rights section, which I have it like tagged in our show notes page, if you hover over Indian Act dash legal rights, there's a like a sub comment. It's really called the title, but this is like a quote from that page um, that that to me is exactly along the lines of what you're saying, Darnell. So, tr- the Indian Act, the legal rights restriction on transfer, i.e., not not self sovereignty restriction on transfer. Every transaction purporting to pass title to any property that is by this section deemed to be situated on a reserve, i.e. any land deemed a reserve, any transaction or any interest in such property is void unless the transaction is entered into with the consent of the minister or is entered into between the members of a band or between the band and a member thereof. So essentially, you can trade with amongst yourselves or the government has to sign off on it. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, but my main point was that like that that's a false she has i think she has a false definition of what sovereignty and self-government governance actually is and that when you look at you know being sovereign and being independent apart from another nation um and i made the argument last last show like 
is that are are you saying it's it's basically what what's going on right now you know you run your little affairs on on, on the reserve and you get government assistance yeah so you're saying without the government assistance is the only way that you truly have self-sovereignty or, or sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. That, that, well, she, and, yeah, well yeah. she would say, well, she would say you, the transition, you would need help. Like, we like you wouldn't just, like, let them go. We we just, it's like a project. Like, we, we, we you might maybe start with, like, a, she's from B.C. Um, uh, you'd start with, like, a tribe that's in the northern B.C. area because she, she'll show examples in her book uh, she'll show examples of where there is actually self-government going on on the yes. reserve land. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Aurelia, the casinos, you guys were mentioning Fraser Institute. Mm-hmm. There's some millionaire, like uh, uh, there's some like multi-million um, uh, 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 dollar reserves that are like bringing in a huge amount of money uh, because of self-government, because of them actually. And, and, and what she's kind of arguing is she's also saying is that there needs to be a full out like self-government because there's some people who still want to be with the, yes, uh, with that, the, and that's fine. And that's fine. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you can run your little affairs on your reserve, but that doesn't make you a nation. Like even the fact, the argument people make is like, okay, well, they were a nation a sovereign self-governing nation prior to you know being colonized but then when it comes down to it if you are overcome by another nation are you still a nation right i, I would argue no you're, you're you're not a nation because well, your that's what the israelis say i look at yeah yeah but but, but I, I would argue i would argue if, if you've been taken over um and you're not able to run your affairs fully um and and that and, then then you aren't necessarily a nation now now you can be um a band you can be a tribe um you can be a community uh you can be a province you get what i'm saying you could be a province mm-hmm. you can be a state but you can't you you know like like you can't be a nation because you're heavily reliant on the nation mm-hmm. and it's not in a nation's best interest to build up another nation With, within on, their borders. on their same grounds <laughs> within their borders like that's like that that makes no sense and that that was kind of my yeah point. it's tough yeah 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 and i mean you know you know it's one of those things that that it's, it's, it's good conversation to have but you also uh brought up the issue of property rights and and asking like okay is, is it wrong for christians to pursue property yeah, is is it wrong to pursue property? Like in in colonizing, was it wrong in them pursuing property and Christians pursuing property? And you were making an argument from Acts. Yes, yes. The, this is where, like, I, I was telling you guys pre-show, I I became a little bit more of a modern. <laughs> I would I would I, I I love property. I think property is, is something great. I think we'll all uh, uh, agree. I grew up in a. Uh, uh, not I grew up, but we read communist history, right? Uh, communist history, it's uh, its a very sad and a big thing was property. So uh, I just want to put a disclaimer before I, I begin. I just want to make sure that I, I, I do think property is good in that Western sense. Now, what I also read in my doing my own uh, devotions and reading and seeing what other people were saying, I want to start by reading a paragraph uh, from uh, it's a proper it's a comment on the west and property by robert cardinal sarah i don't know if you guys know the day is now far spent he's a uh, cardinal from the new guinea um uh, a black cardinal and he, this is what he wrote in the 20 in his 2019 book mm-hmm. the story of the west is related for us in the gospel through the episode of the rich young man mark 10 so he's going to use mark 10 uh 17 to 31 he is seeking eternal life his heart is filled with the desire for happiness he keeps the commandments he is the face of the christian west in the first half of the 20th century 20th century century generous and full of great desires this west sent missionaries into the whole world and and about it and about it one can say what the gospel says about the young man Jesus, looking upon him, loved him, verse 21. The Lord adds, inviting him to share his supreme joy and to follow him more closely. You lack one thing. Go, sell what you have and give it to the poor and follow me, verse 21. Jesus offers the young man a close association with himself. The gospel concludes, at that saying, his countenance fell and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions, verse 22. 
There you have the story of the West. It refused at the last moment to give everything. It balked at the supreme sacrifice. It was afraid, held back by its riches, so it sank into sadness. What he was trying to get at that is, I don't know if you guys read in some uh, uh, commentaries, but there's some people who are saying the decline of the West. There's a decline, so, and so, I, we don't understand fully a decline of Christianity, a decline of morality. Uh, some people look at what's happening in the States, the decline of, 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 of the United States. And in some sense, with the property and this pursuit of wealth, this it, because property, it was this pursuit of wealth, especially with the British people. They were, the essence, trying to get more wealth. I struggle with that at times, and I think as Christians, when, when we label ourselves as Christians, right, Joel, I label myself as, we have to also make sure that we're aware, we tell, like, this pursuit of this wealth, it can easily lead us astray from God, and it can easily lead us to mass destructions, the uh, 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 destroying of the, uh, of the environment, uh, uh, abusing the poor, slavery, all these type of things, or, or, st or, or abusing the natives. That's where I was just kind of getting at, at that with the property comment where like I think there needs to be um, some kind of like of the free market capitalist approach. I, I don't I, I, I agree with many of those principles, but I also tone it down a little bit where too much free market, too much free will, too much property seeking. That can be very negative and I don't know how that can get you closer to God or closer to uh, 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 St. Augustine would say, whatever you do, do it for God. So if you're buying this land, make sure that you're doing it for God. That's what I was trying to get at with the property. I think that um, uh, uh, it, it's important that we mention that, I think, as Christians, or I think it's good to uh, to point out what, what the British were doing. In some sense, they were trying to get more wealth, and that pursuit of wealth did leave. Um, there was a consequence of that. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I definitely got a few thoughts, but Darnell... Um if you want to go first. Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah. So no, just as far as, um, you know, I, I believe that there is no such thing as sacred and, and secular, that all things are sacred. Um, so I don't, I don't want to say that, um, that, you know, the pursuit of, the, of property is ungodly because you also have the passage in, um, I can't remember the passage. I have to look it up, but, uh, Jesus makes, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God is, is like finding a treasure in a field, but in order to get the treasure, you have to, um, you know, sell everything you got to get that field. You have to purchase that property to get the field, so you can get the treasure that's that that's in the field. Um, and so, you know, yes, you it's, know, there's there's a way you can. I was sorry? gonna say it's an analogy, but if if he thought buying the field was immoral, it'd be a really bad analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so and so, um, and but so what, what what I'm saying is that um. There's there's a point of stewardship where the Lord does give us, and that's what I was saying in um the last episode in my my two cents about the cultural mandate and God creating the creation, um even before the fall he he gave he told Adam and Eve to till the land, um and and actually the foreshadowing of the land was actually the the what we see in the temple was a foreshadowing of the temple so the Garden of Eden was like the temple, um that that we see in Leviticus. And, and so forth and so property tilling the land isn't there's you know i would say that there's nothing wrong with it but it can definitely been be misused um yeah and that's where i think you know i, I would sort of take it in a similar place where we we want to be careful that we don't qualify things the wrong way right so what i mean by that is we would all agree that food could be the way you interact with food could be sinful, right? The way you interact with other people can be sinful. It doesn't make those things inherently sinful, right? So um, the simple sense from a Christian perspective is, is God number one or God number two? Anything that becomes number one over God is, is sinful in the particular context. And so pursuit of wealth to the point of not listening to the other aspects of scripture, which talk about, you know, taking care of, of your neighbor, right? So uh, Philippians 2, 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others, right? So if you don't care about your community, 
And part of that is I'm just looking to acquire my own wealth. Well, the sin isn't the fact that you're acquiring wealth. It's the things you're not doing with the resource God has stewarded to you. And so, you know, is there going to the question, you know, from a Christian perspective, I would say is like, is the judgment going to come in this lifetime or the next? Right. (laughs) Um, Are you going as a Christian? Is God going to try to sanctify you and discipline you to to use the resources in line with his will? Or are you not a Christian? Right. And, And again, just in case the listener mistakes what I'm saying to mean you can lose your salvation. Different conversation. I don't hold that view. Don't want to go there. Um, oh, nice. So you're, so you're reformed. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I don't follow labels. Uh, that's fun. I don't. Huh? Hey, don't hey, bo- hey. Don't box right, me in. That's another episode. Let's look at this text. Don't box me in. Hey, hey, I'm just saying. But, but, but now, right. now what I want to ask you guys, the, what the British were doing, this expanding of the empire, mm-hmm. was, it, was it, it like, understand, I know you're going to get some historians talk about oh no they built trains they built yes well like what they did in canada like this expansion of yes. this empire yes. it, it was it was it good like are we gonna say that we can we're gonna justify we're gonna say that this <laughs> well, pursuit was uh very good what they did well first of all first of all joseph uh first of all i want to um you know you, you you sent us um your 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 paper um the peter jones paper uh which you submitted to dr kraus <laughs> the paper that was an a i got, an, got an a, a on that that was a good favor <laughs> you, got, you got an a okay good 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 that's good i i say all that to say that um i i had to write a paper um for thoughts class we had a uh, professor fought on the show um talk about sir johnny mcdonald and and uh and he he was asking was the colonization of the british empire essentially good or bad i can't remember essentially was it helpful or not and yo you can't you cannot deny the the positive impact that the british empire has brought us what it has brought the world in 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 regards to um industry and innovation well that's your revolution right like uh, that that's where it started yeah you you know you know you you can't deny that now Uh, how would a native reply to that though um I think, I think they would say, "Well, uh, you know what? How would a native? How would a native reply to that in India? How would a native reply to that in Australia?" That's true. That's you see true. What I'm saying? So yeah. it's not just Canada. You know what I mean? It's it's not just Canada. But I think I think do you benefit from the modern amenities today? Right? Do you do you do you use cars? Right? Do you do you work in um? high industry places right the point i'm making is that um the point i was going to make is that the british empire is not the kingdom of god right jesus is not on the british emp- the, the on the british throne and um he's not trying to make the world a better place he's not you know on the british throne trying to make the world a better place that's not where jesus is working Right, so so when the British Empire comes, there, yes, there's going to be bloodshed, um, there's going to be racism, there's going to be mistreatment, but also there's also going to be positive. And I don't think it's uh, academically honest to sit here and say, you know, all all the British Empire has brought is suffering. Like you can't, like you can't, you cannot honestly say that. You you can say that they brought suffering, but also you know they, they brought some positive things, and I think well, that people do say that. Those yes, are no okay, people but, say that in the in, yes. in, in 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 native circles, and also Black Lives Matter. Yes, you look at yes, it, they yes, do but, say that, right? But I, but I would say okay, I, I would I, I put it like this, and, and I'll let you guys launch in. But my my bottom line is this, and this is how I look at history as a historian. These are my convictions that if we're, when we start talking about history, we have to start at the beginning, creation. For some people, history starts with a with a glob of goo, right? History starts with a glob of glue. Goo, I thought goo, it goo. starts with a little sperm cell. Well, their uh, history. Hey, he's talking about like. Right, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey! I, I, yo. Either way, either way, you, either way from that. <laughs> that from, was a bad joke. You're getting, you guys are serious. I, I was yeah. trying to, I was trying to put a joke in there. Yeah. No, but, but either right, way, never mind. Either never way, mind, from, never that, from, 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 from that glob of goo, you have to deduce morality and 
absolute truth and so forth and these metaphysical concepts which govern the way we think logic truth so forth i believe that our history starts when god said let there be light um, and he created the earth and so with that the bible isn't just a book on theology but it's also a history book and so it tells us the history of people and the history of people is that we sin everybody's sin and there's blood on everybody's hands the same people who gave us the torah the same people who jesus comes from were people who were selfish who slaughtered people who committed genocide do you see what i'm saying so there's the point i'm making as a historian i see history as blood on everybody's hands there's blood on the british empire hands and but uh, it it would be academically inhonest to to say that okay you know before the british empire um you know came to canada you know um the indigenous people were kicking it and everything was was it was a utopia it was complete peace no it, bloodshed <laughs> yeah it was com complete peace complete peace um and, 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 and nobody ate meat right everybody was environmentalist um everybody shared everything it was socialistic come on man that's that's not that's not true right same thing people say oh yeah you know before white people came to africa you know black people were 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 were, were buddies everybody was cool <laughs> no no we weren't all cool and we're not all cool today nobody's all cool there's blood on everybody's hands that's my point so i don't think it's academically honest to say oh well you know this group did everything all bad or this group did all everything all good I believe it. good history, like a good, good historian, will always point out the positive and the negatives in every group. That's that's my two cents. Yeah, I think um, I think you know, with regards to the colonization slash you know expansion of the empire, you know, there's a dilemma of, well, okay, if they want to acquire land or grow, you know, did they, you know, we go back to like, did they make a fair trade? Was it a mutually beneficial trade? You know, the obviously there's an aspect of well, they started war, and then in order to stop warring, they tried to come up with a deal, and so you know maybe that sort of precludes it from being a fair trade because it's by coercion to some extent. Like I would say, I'm I'm willing to listen to that argument, but I think Darnell's got a really good point that you know it's not like they were the only one expanding their land through bloodshed. Arguably, every tribe was doing that mm -hmm. to some regard or another. Right? Oh no! You're not allowed to raise your cattle on our land. Like, <laughs> go and beat them with your uh, lacrosse sticks, or whatever. <laughs> I, I I say that as a joke because I I swear I learned that like lacrosse used to be like a bloody 24 hour game that like the winner was the one that was like left alive. Anyways, total sidebar. The 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 I think it's a really really good point to sort of finish, especially a conversation where we're we're touching on the historical. Or Dar with what Darnell's saying, like you have to be a good historian. A good historian's essentially, let's say, steel manning all positions, pointing out the good, pointing out the bad, you know, and recognizing that, you know, I think you use the term like presentizing the history is is just foolishness, because it doesn't it doesn't all it does is sort of pronounce morality or pronounce your moral position. It doesn't actually produce anything productive. Yeah, and. And I, I'm sorry, Joel, I would also add that, like, you know what? The There's only one hit hero in history, and that and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only hero in history that has no blood mm -hmm. on his hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and from a from a sin perspective. Right? That's right? good like, history. He has no sin. The rest of us, we all have sin, which one way or another, that means we have blood on our hands. Mm -hmm. And the only blood he has on our hand, uh, has on his hands is because of us dying for his own. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm good. Oh, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I was just listening, and I, I think that was a, a, a wonderful point. I think all, all the all the comments were, were addressed, and I think it was wonderful. And uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, no th th thank you, Joseph, um, because you know what? The way how things go these days, there's a lot of people who, you know, who will gladly disagree with you and send you a letter or leave a comment saying they disagree with you but nobody's you know people rarely will ever you know come onto a person's platform and discuss it so so thank you for writing it and thank you for accepting our invitation and, and coming to expand on your ideas and and give us some pushback and so thank you yeah and 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 this is uh you know one of the 
a good example of of the sixth sense doing what we try to do, which is represent our two cents, but also the audience two cents, and and obviously you know you're you're one of the uh, you know audience members, so we we definitely appreciate that, and and obviously that's sort of a hopefully a, a call or encouragement to the audience, like reach out to us, give us your two cents. You know, we might not be able to invite you on the show, but even give us a. Um, you know, ideas for further conversation mm-hmm. or, or even just, you know, feel free to, to tell us when the audio sucks so we do better, you know, or, or you know, it's simple things like that. So, um, yeah, hit us up, six cents report at gmail.com and six cents report on Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. And also, sorry, uh, uh, Joseph, in case of people want to get in touch with you because they're blown away by you as a historian, what are your <laughs> platforms uh, in case somebody wants to uh, join the Joseph bandwagon? <laughs> I just YouTube, man. That's all. I talk to myself on the camera. Okay, okay. So, what's your YouTube channel? Yeah, so what's your YouTube channel? Uh, let me find. It. I think you just gotta search my name. Uh, oh my gosh, this is so unprofessional, man. <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I know. I, I'm trying to kind of keep a disc. I'm not. I'm trying not to get fired from work. I gotta make sure. You know, this is supposed to be a little discreet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All you oh got to do God. is just search my name, J.A.R.A.C.Z. Right now, I only got my fiance listening in, making sure that I'm not I'm not <laughs> blasting our relationship or something like that. Okay, so I only got like okay, a couple okay. of viewers or something like that. But I, yeah, yeah it's, it's something I just do ventilate. You know, it's actually my, um, like a self-therapy type of thing. You know, we get bombarded with media. We get bombarded with messages. We get bombarded with, there seems to be a time where you just talk to yourself and just let it all out. You know what I mean? Just like, be like, okay, what am I really thinking? Because sometimes you think of your thoughts, you're like, man, those are some sick, stupid thoughts. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta let that go out, right? So it's kind of my self-therapy kind of more and just pop, pop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe it might turn in, um, to the joseph show you never know man yeah but but uh but thank you you're well read thank you brother you're you're, you're well read um and, and we love that you know you brought some books for us to look at and and you brought the quotes so thank you yeah yeah respects and i'll, I'll definitely uh, link that in the show notes maybe i'll get you a couple more viewers oh yeah it's good thank you <laughs> yeah 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 no problem no problem man all right, so our listeners, our six centers, uh, let us know what you guys thought about this episode. Was there anything we missed? You never know. You might be next uh, contestant on Six Sense Report. Six Sense makes change. But you heard me? Does that make sense? I hear-